Live from the BYU Radio Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Before 1990, you never saw a tenor, a tenor, and a tenor taking to the stage for recitals. The soprano-tenor combo was the usual standard, and actually for most, the soprano was the real draw. But then Placido Domingo, Jose Carreras, and Luciano Pavarotti formed the three tenors, and it turned out to be such a brilliant idea, the whole world sort of wondered... Why no one had tried this before? 800 million people tuned in for the trio's first concert, and when the recording came out, it was the biggest-selling classical album in history. Lesson learned. Tenors, and tenors only, can be a smashing success. I think we'll prove that tonight. Today, tenor trios ex- exist around the globe, and our guests today, Ultimi, are Utah's newest. They are Brian Stuckey, Tyler Nelson, and Isaac Hurtado. They're all professors, teachers, busy family men, and active singers and performers. Their most recent concert was for Utah Lyric Opera's Benefit Gala, and their combined resumes cover hundreds of roles in exciting places and well-known stages. We'll talk with each of them during the show, but first we want to hear them sing. And when you hear Neapolitan, if you're like me, you think of the three flavors of ice cream together. Actually, that's from Naples, and we'll hear a Neapolitan medley with some beautiful Beautiful pieces I know you recognize. This is an arrangement has been done especially for Ultimi. Oh, 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 oh. 
funicula, funiculi, funicula, tapajamaja, funiculi, funicula. Al sera l'anime me ne saliette, tu sai ado, tu sai ado. Addosto con ingrato più di spiete, fa meno un po', fa meno un po'. Addollo fuoco voce ma si fuie, ti lascia sta, ti lascia sta. E non ti corri a preso, non ti suie, solo a guardare, solo a guardare. Yammo, yammo, coppa yammo, yammo. A Neapolitan medley performed live by the three tenors of Ultimi, Isaac Hurtado, Brian Stuckey, and Tyler Nelson. I think that tour of uh, Naples was every bit as good as Olive Garden's tour of Italy. That was great. Part of that medley included O Solo Mio, and there is a humorous video of the trio singing that song on YouTube. You might want to Google that. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Tyler Nelson is the chair of the vocal department at Utah Valley University. Tyler, uh, first of all, thank you for coming in with the group. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Exciting to have all the, I've, I've got chills here. I wish all of our listeners could be here live, but I bet it sounds pretty it's good on the radio. beautiful studio here. Uh, your wife is an opera singer, too, very talented contralto. Does that mean you have the same range? We actually do. That's exactly right. Yeah, sometimes in the morning she's got a few low notes on me, believe it or not. Yeah, and okay. I've got some high notes on her sometimes, yeah. She's been here on the show before with the Utopia Early Music Society. Now, there is an idea out there that one spouse is okay in the arts, but not two. It's true. It's true. Some are very passionate about, you know, their spouse needing to do something entirely different. But for us, it works really well because, you know, tenors are prone to whining sometimes. I mean, not me personally, but, you know, if I were to come home with some sort of issue, she understands, you know. So we appreciate those uh, musical world problems such as rehearsals and, you know, notes that won't come out right and uh, a frustrating practice session. We know all too well. Yeah. You you read uh, or I read something in an interview that you said that at one point you promised yourself you would take opera singing as far as you could. Yeah. How old were you and what did you what did you think that meant at the time? You know, that's a great question. Um, it started out in a funny way, actually, tied into this this sort of music. Uh, I, I was given a CD at Christmas time of Luciano Pavarotti singing just some of the greatest hits, you know, the stuff we all love to listen to. And it sat in my room on my desk for weeks and I felt horribly guilty about it because I hadn't even opened it. I thought, this is opera. How painful. Who can listen to opera? And so finally I cracked it open just to say that I had listened to it. First song on there, of course, is Nessun Dorma. So I listened to it and I thought, ah, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So then I just kept listening. I got through the whole CD and for every night for the next few weeks, it, I just played it over and over and over. I would fall asleep to it and it just, I just thought, I want to do that. And I don't know what that means yet, but I want to do that. I want to be able to sing in, in a 
you know, a main stage opera house to enjoy performing this music and feel the rush that I get when I listen to it uh, by performing it as well. But I also understood even at that young age that listening to that music, it was extremely complicated. It wasn't something I could just simply pick up. And that challenge was something really appealing to me. I wanted to figure out how to, how to do that, how to be able to figure that do, out. Do you think kids today are more or less exposed to opera than they have been in the past? Gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I would say more just because of the, the, the way you can readily access that information. I mean, YouTube, for example, we were just talking about this today. It's the, the, the possibility of looking almost anything you can think of up on YouTube, even obscure opera scenes or things that are no longer in print, is great. And it's, it's really nice for my students, actually, because they discover things on their own that I've never heard of, that I've never read about, and they're finding these things and sort of becoming inquisitive about where it came from and these composers. So I would say there's is, is more access now, which is fantastic, you know, because it's easier to find. So in the perhaps less musical part of your life, I hear you like fly fishing. I do. I love fly fishing. I'm terrible, but I love it. Okay. <laughs> so if you go somewhere when you've toured, uh, whether in the U.S. or abroad, is that something? Do you take a fishing pole or do you do you take time to no, do that? I don't take a fishing pole, but I do fish wherever I can. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I spend summers in a, a summer program in Castleton, Virginia, and they have a lot of these bass ponds on, on the, the farm there where the, the festival is held. And I, lo I love to sneak away and grab, borrow a fishing pole from somebody and go fish for bass. It's fantastic. I don't know. Yeah. Bass pond, is that really fair? It's, I know. I know. It's, 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 it, it isn't fair because they're, they're very gullible, these fish. Yeah, they, almost <laughs> okay. any will bite, but it's still, it's still fun to pull them in. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's totally cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but fun. Well, we want to hear some more music, and we're first going to start with hearing a, a piece by Rossini, sung by Tyler. This is actually a famous patter song uh, that uh, when, when you get to the la-la-las and the la-ra-las, uh, those are the actual lyrics. He didn't forget the words. And this inspired a, a piano transcription by Liszt, a tarantella by Chopin that are very famous. Maybe you recognize some of those elements. Also, uh, uh, Brian... Stuckey will be performing cello along with this piece. And thank you to Carol Anderson, who is our excellent accompanist today. First, La Danza. Afterwards, we'll hear Isaac singing Recondita Armonia from Tosca by Puccini. La 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 la
Assalta gira gira ogni coppia cento fa Già s'avanza si ritira e l'assalto tornerà Salta, salta gira gira ogni coppia cento fa Già s'avanza si ritira e l'assalto tornerà Già s'avanza si ritira e l'assalto tornerà Sera sera con la bionda, con la bruna va quella Con la rossa va seconda, con la sporta fermo sta Viva ballo a tondo tondo sono risonava già Il più bel piacere del mondo, la più cara volontà Mamma mia, mamma mia, già la luna mezzo mare Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia si salterà Frinche, 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 mamma mia si salterà Frinche, 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 mamma mia si salterà Isaac Hurtado singing Recondita Armonia from Puccini's opera Tosca, and before that, Tyler Nelson with La Danza by Rossini. Today we have the tenor trio Ultimi in the studio. Isaac Hurtado is owner and founder of Utah Vocal Arts Academy and the education director for Utah Lyric Opera. 
Isaac, the three of you have known each other for a while, but what was the impetus? Hey, we ought to do this together. You know, Brian and I started gigging a little bit together um, in and out of Utah, and then uh, the three of us have worked together at UVU a bit. And uh, so the idea just started to creep in like, you know, we should do something together. And uh, as it snowballed, we, we had a few people arrange things for us and turned out to be a really good fit. Well, if you just hear the word, this group includes three tenors. Those words, three tenors, are kind of emblazoned in people's minds. So when you were deciding what your what your particular trio would be and what the sound would be, how, how, how do you do that and have it be something a little bit different than any other group of three? Is it just the individual voices that do that? <laughs> well, our voices do. Uh, they are very different, but they also feel like they complement each other a lot. So we, we really like that. But, um, you know, a lot of the groups that have happened since the original three tenors have gone really far the pop direction. And we didn't really want to do that. We know we'll never be the original three tenors but we like to think that we will rehearse more than them and, uh, <laughs> and, and come up with some really fun things and some, and some good arrangements. You're not looking to be the new tenors on the block. New, well, that's an idea. The pop. I don't know. <laughs> we could change our name. Is it the too late? The tenor boy band. No, no, we, we like where you're headed. Uh, we like very much. Uh, you work with the Utah Lyric, Lyric Opera as a coach. Is that a whole separate gift, being able to, to teach what you know? You know what, I think it, it can be. There, not every great singer or good singer, um, you know, loves to teach. But uh, so I do think it is a little bit of a different skill set. I think the discovery process when a, when someone grabs on to classical singing is, is electric, though, and being a part of that is really great. Do you ever find that students are surprised when you're working with them what they can produce with their own body? Yes. And sometimes they're surprised and shocked to the point that they don't, they're afraid of making this, these sounds because they sound a little bit offensive at first and they sound much bigger and, and sometimes darker, sometimes too bright and they, uh, they don't know what to do with the sound. But yeah, lots of things like that happen. Yeah, a voice that can cut through from, from the stage clear to the back row. Right. Uh, also, I've noticed that uh, uh, most of the songs we're singing that aren't in English today are in Italian. Is there something about singing in Italian? Or is it's that just... my favorite. It's probably my fault that we're not doing more of other languages, but we probably will do do quite a few other things. But for me, um, Italian supports everything from the breath, the purity of vowels, to the way that the consonants are imploded. Everything about the language seems to facilitate the vocal technique. And uh, so for me, I love it. Okay, and the dangerous question. When you have a group of three excellent singers together, tenors, how do you decide who gets the high notes? on which thing or do you just trade them off is someone making tally marks or how does that work <laughs> well you know we've just been trading off it's not really been a big deal thus far so well, i'm glad to hear that it's kind of like oh if you if you start the song you get the high note at the end and if if okay. you don't then we'll do a harmony well i'm glad to know there's a system you know having something like that in place could maybe well never mind <laughs> uh let's get back to music we want to hear two pieces now we'll start by hearing uh brian stuckey singing a very famous song from the musical Les Miserables, Bring Him Home, perhaps the tenor aria from that. And I've always been fascinated that this most sublime song is sung in a sewer as he's trying to, to sing about saving the beloved of his adopted daughter. We'll hear that first, and then we'll hear an, another number after.
Stuckey singing Bring Him Home from Les Miserables. Now we'd like to hear a song with all three of the tenors in the group Ultimi. This song has quite an interesting little story. Uh, there was uh, an instrumentalist who had a group called Secret Garden. He wrote this instrumental piece he called Silent Story, and people loved it so much. 
that later he asked a famous novelist to write lyrics, which he did. It was recorded in England, a minor hit, until someone recorded it here in the U.S., and since then it has become beloved. Over 125 covers of this. It's even become a hymn in some congregations' hymn books. I'm not even going to announce it. It's so beautiful. It just feels like it just has always existed, and we'll hear it now performed by Ultimi with uh, Brian singing as well as playing cello. Thank you. 
Me Up by Rolf Loveland. Four times, four different years, nominated Song of the Year at the Gospel Music Awards. Performed by the tenor trio Ultimi, that's Tyler Nelson, Isaac Hurtado, and Brian Stuckey. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and you're listening to music performed live from the BYU Radio Studios. Brian Stuckey has a master's in vocal performance and in cello performance from Indiana University. That's a rare feat. And one of the highlights of his last Highway 89 performance was watching him sing opera and play cello simultaneously. That's sort of like patting your head and rubbing your belly, I think. But uh, (laughs) you can hear him playing cello on the CD Rachmaninoff without words on the Tantara label. But uh, we've already talked cello on a previous show. We want to talk about Brian the Beekeeper. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was unexpected <laughs> okay I, I just this is not what you think you sort of have to be in one place it seems like to be a beekeeper right and i know you've right. traveled extensively but uh is, is this sort of a, a change you're going to be a, a farmer a little bit more <laughs> yeah yeah um so for for the years when my wife and i had young children we we traveled on the road together with our family and uh, our children are starting to grow up and get further into school and we've added uh we've added one since our since our big travel days. So we have three now, and that does change the logistics significantly. And, uh, and so it's uh, given us an opportunity to settle down, um, an opportunity, kind of a forced opportunity, but one that we were kind of planning for and looking forward to. So uh, we've, uh, we've kind of adopted a more rooted existence now. I do a lot more teaching, um, and, uh, and it, I'm sort of uh, fashioning myself a gentleman farmer of sorts, and having a lot of fun with that. Well, the whole idea of being a jet-setting tenor soloist going around the world has a different sound to it when I'm picturing you with with the sheer logistics of taking kids and wipes and bottles Indeed. And, and all of that. Super glamorous. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Finding a place in an airport to change a baby, always one of the most fun things. Or an now, opera house. Now, as, as far as being a homesteading farmer, I also heard you had over 450 pounds of tomatoes last year. I did, yeah. I kind so, of stopped weighing at about 400 pounds, and then there was probably... Probably at least another hundred that came into the house after that. But I, I like tomatoes, let's just say. Uh, were these all put up and you're set for years, or was this like you gave them away? We gave a lot away, but we did put up a lot as well. We, uh, my goal is to not buy a supermarket tomato during the winter ever, and so far <laughs> I've done well. Like, it sounds like you'll be able to do it. Yeah, we go, to the, we go to the cans downstairs or the freezer to get our tomatoes, and that works out fine. Hey, something that is coming up, the Tabernacle Choir is performing uh, Messiah. That's the right. The entire work mm-hmm. coming up at, at mid-April, and you're going to be the tenor for that. That's What right. an exciting opportunity. Yeah, I'm Very so cool excited thing. for we that. want to mention that. Also, uh, I wondered where you've done so many different roles. Uh, I, I guess I would ask this of any opera singer. Is approaching a role you've done before for a new director and a new production 
familiar, or is he is it harder to to erase the old stuff and get back in and do what the new director has in mind? It can be. I mean, it can be wonderful to reapproach a role from a new perspective, and um, I've had great experiences doing that. I you know I have some roles that I've returned to quite a few times, and and it's always fun for me to to get somebody else's take on it and to try to explore a different side of the character. Occasionally, you'll have an experience. I uh, for instance, I had a a production of Cosi Fan Tutte that I was doing um, that I just loved. It was a spectacular production. The the director was such a great comic director, and you know we we just had the audience with us the whole night, just laughing and having a great time. The next production I did was also Cosi Fan Tutte, and it was a different uh, production, <laughs> and it was uh, it was a really conceptual production, and I think the audience was actually confused about what was going on on stage a lot of the time, and it was kind of sad for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you have to take the bad with the good. Well, I want to ask about managing to get degrees in cello and vocal performance. Were these? Did you do this simultaneously? I did. Yes. Um, my my undergraduate degree was in cello only, actually. But I was um, I was at, I was at BYU here, and uh, had had they had a mechanism for me to double major in both, I would have done that. And I um, came pretty close to fulfilling the requirements for both majors. And I studied with Clayne Robison, and performed in operas when I was an undergrad. So I was I was very serious about voice then, even as a cello major. Um, and then um, at Indiana University, um, I decided that I wanted to continue my cello. I was I was leaning more in the vocal direction at that point, and knew that was where I wanted to make more of my career. Mm. But um, I loved the cello, and I just I really wanted to keep playing it. And so I ended up doing a a double uh, a double performance degree, which got me out of doing a non-performance minor actually. So I didn't have to do a theory or history minor. So it, it worked out for me. The thing that was crazy is that my master's recitals ended up being about four days, no, I think maybe three days apart. So I had, uh, I had my vocal master's recital and my cello master's recital within a week of each other. And that was a little crazy. Well, it's nice to, to have the cello mixed in with you. I can see the other guys planning. One's going, hmm, accordion. The other's guy thinking, banjo's portable. <laughs> uh, this should be really interesting to hear. Let's get in place. We're going to hear now Two final numbers, and I'm thrilled because these will both include all three members of Ultimi. And the first one is a, a piece that was written by Handel that was an opening aria for a 1738 opera that got lost for a long time till uh, the mid-1800s. And then it's become very popular, Obra My Fu by Handel, followed by, I don't know if this is the king of tenor arias, but it's certainly the best known, which is Nessun Dorma from Turandot by Puccini. Thank you. 
Sundorma, and before that, Ombra, my foo, performed live on Highway 89. That ends another hour of music. Our guests today have been the tenor, tr- tenor trio Ultimi, featuring uh, Tyler Nelson, Brian Stuckey, Isaac Hurtado, and Carol Anderson playing piano. A sincere thank you to all of you for being here today. Ultimi is Utah's newest tenor trio, most recently performed at Utah Lyric Opera's Benefit Gala, and you can find video from that performance on YouTube. Their combined experiences cover hundreds of roles in places all around the world and well-known stages. We're glad they came and performed in our studios. Welcome to come back anytime. And why not look for them online? Their new website is ultimitenors.com, U-L-T-I-M-I, tenors.com. We welcome comments and questions from our listeners. To contact us, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite and our show's producer, Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>